We need to be filled. We need to be filled. We need to be filled with the Spirit. Not religious about the Spirit, not an idea of the Spirit, but we need to be filled with the Spirit. Acts chapter 19, Paul on his journey comes to Ephesus and in verse 1, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And I submit to you today that across America and across our churches, there are people and that would be their response today. But it will not be so in this house. We know that the Holy Spirit is here. God has poured out His Spirit. And God wants His people filled with His Spirit. Praise the Lord. And so He said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on Him who would come after Him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Everybody say, upon them. Came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied, and they were about twelve in all. Turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. And uh, actually, I want to read this to you out of the Amplified Bible. Verse 14. This is a word not only for us today. How many have noticed there are a few interesting things happening in our world right now? This last week is a very interesting time. People are saying, I wonder what the president's policy is on the Middle East. What's happening in the Middle East is his policy. He is in complete agreement with our embassies being attacked. He is in complete agreement with the denigration and the degradation of America and what we stand for and our values. Amen. Or else he would have acted differently. When one of our ambassadors is killed, he would have acted, assassinated, he would have acted differently. Say, Pastor, I thought you were a pastor, you couldn't speak politically. I can say anything I want. Amen. Hallelujah. But today, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, Therefore he says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead. And Christ shall shine, make day dawn upon you, and give you light. Verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk. Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time, buying up, each opportunity because the days are evil. How many know that's a good description of where we are today? Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm not wanting to be political this morning in all lesson, but I'm a little bit appalled. When at our, one of our political conventions at the DNC, the gentleman that gets up to introduce uh, uh, Michelle Obama before that, that he has the audacity to say, that the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell is the same as Abraham Lincoln's proclamation of emancipation. The Emancipation Proclamation. Come on, we are living in a very perverted day. Amen. And so for all those things going on, but we are not unwise of where we are. The days are evil. Therefore, verse 17, do not be vague and thoughtless. Do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. Again, I'm reading to you out of the Amplified, verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled. Ever be filled. And actually it says, ever be being filled. You do not get filled and you're full for good. You are filled. And so God fills you and anoints you with power. And as that comes out, then you're ever pressing in. We're ever drinking 
and being filled with the life of God. Are you with me this morning? It is so important. It is important that we have our initial encounter with God, that we everybody is baptized with the Holy Spirit. As Paul said here to the disciple, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? It is important that every believer knows that they have a right to receive the power and the fullness of the Holy Spirit in their life, that the promise is for everyone, no exceptions. Amen. But here, it is important that we maintain a hunger and a thirst for God. It is important that we continue to hunger and to thirst after God. Are you with me? That is so important. So he says, ever be being filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Look at the cover of your outline. I'm going to go through this quickly. Another thing in with that to be one reason you need the power of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One reason when God exhorts us to go out. One reason we don't speak and, uh, and, and witness as we are is because we're afraid that in ourselves we might fail. But Jesus says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, He says, after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you will receive power to be. God ordained a way for every one of us to have the power to be, not in our own strength, but in His power. The promise is, is that He would anoint us with the power to be a witness for Him in the town where we live, to the surrounding regions, and to the uttermost part of the world. Somebody say amen. amen. Listen to me this morning. You may not agree, but I see almost everything that this world has to offer as a counterfeit for the real thing that God has for our lives. This world offers us something in replace of what God has given us. A cheap substitute and a poor imitation. And at best, the real and true, excuse me, at best, for the real and the true promise and provision of God. A couple of weeks ago, Chris did a great job on preaching on counterfeit Christian. I'll take that just to another level this morning, if you'll bear with me. Let me just say this to you. Every one of us is a vessel. Every person, every life in this world is a vessel that will be filled. Man is a vessel, and man was formed to be filled with the Spirit of God. God formed man in the beginning of, uh, of creation, and then He breathed him. When He formed man, man was an empty vessel, and then God breathed into him the breath of life, and he became, we're going to read in a minute, a living being or a living soul. But if I'm not allowing God to breathe His life in me, something else is going to be breathed into my life. Something else is going to fill the void that belongs to God. And that's what this world offers is a counterfeit to the real that God has for our life and the true and the promise and provision of God. When we as God's people though get hungry for Him, He begins to shine the light of His truth upon the faults of this world. All the glitter begins to fade away. He reveals to our hearts the glory and splendor of all that is ours in and through Christ. When His people begin to call upon His name in purity, in faith, in hope, and in worship, He responds. And when we seek Him, we find the real thing. And let me just say this to you. Church was never meant to be a religious thing. It was meant to be when people come together and we form this mysterious thing called the body of Christ. And Paul wrote about in Ephesians chapter 2 that when you come and you assemble together, you create a habitation for God by the Spirit. You create a dwelling place of God. And God comes in manifest presence and He shows up in the midst of His people. And just because people get uncomfortable in the presence of God, God, it's happened every time he's ever showed up and they weren't ready. Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve weren't ready and God showed up and they were uncomfortable. Since that day, <laughs> when God shows up and you're not ready, you're like, ah, ooh, ah, ah. And you're embarrassed. And you're like, man, I got to get out of here. Hallelujah. Now listen to me. The lie and the strategy of the enemy has always been to get God's people to become content and satisfied with less than what was their rightful inheritance in Christ. What's the devil's strategy against your life? What's the warfare that you are in? Simply put, settle for less. Settle for less. You're a good Christian. You're, you, you are good enough. You are, if, just as a term, you are saved enough. You are holy enough. You are righteous enough. You are sanctified enough. You do enough. Settle for enough. 
Settle for where you are. The devil longs to get God's people to advocate their authority to another on their behalf. I am not here to be your authority for you. I'm here to declare the word of God to you. The authority that you as an individual believer have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Turning over their right and privilege to walk in the fullness of all that is there. His ultimate goal is to get them to believe that they have something that they have never received. There are millions of believers today who think they have things that they have never received. I got it. There are millions of people who say, I have the power of the Holy Spirit. How do you know? I'm filled with the Spirit. How do you know? What happened the day you received? How do you know you received? Was there a day that you received? Come on, if you give me a gift, I know because I have the gift. But if all I have is you walk up and go, oh, here's a gift, and you give me nothing? Or you walk up and say, hey, I give you a gift. And nothing, there's nothing exchanged. There's no, there, there's no evidence. There's no proof of the gift. I didn't get a gift. I just got an empty word. Are you with me? So hear me again. His ultimate goal is to get them to believe that they have something they have never received. To think they got it when they have never had it. To live short of the promise thinking this is it. Let me tell you this morning. God has more than what we have stepped into. I'm just, give, just, just to tell you, we haven't even, we haven't even dipped our finger yet. Some of you are going, man, this is really good. This is nothing. We haven't, we haven't even dipped our finger in anything yet. But we're noticing, hey, this is more than what we had a few weeks ago. God's moved. We sense God coming. There's a fullness. There, there, there's a more intense. We sense the presence of God in a greater way. That's only because, hey, we don't have it all yet. Let's go for some more. God just says, hey, there's more. The Apostle Paul comes along and he says, hey. He didn't say, oh, there, God did this much. He said, no, 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 much more. Much more. And now much more. Come on, let's go for the much more. Amen. Amen. But listen, he wants us to become content in the wilderness of their journey, never expecting or pressing beyond to possess the promise of their inheritance. God went, okay, I've come out and I've been saved. He, the devil had no problem with you coming, praying a, a sinner's prayer, confessing Christ as your Savior, and just getting saved, and then going about your business as usual. He, he, he dreadfully fears you go, wait a minute. This is the beginning. This is a journey. And I'm going to run this thing all the way to the end. I'm not going to stop until I get to what I've been promised. Amen? He doesn't want that. All. He said, no, 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 no. You're good. You're saved. No, 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 don't run, stay. Just be a nice Christian like everybody else. Get out of my way. Amen? So hear me this morning. But there comes a day when God sends an encounter our way. We read for the men of Ephesus, it was with the Apostle Paul. And his questions was in essence this. Did you receive all that is yours when you believed? Here are these guys, they're baptized in John, they have great zeal, and they're going about doing what they go. And Paul goes, wait, 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 wait. Cool. That's awesome. But I'm curious. Did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believe? And they go, huh? What? I don't even think about that. And Paul just goes, Psst, there's more. There's more. If we go back up, we're going to end up here. And in a moment, but we're going to find out there's another guy named Apollo. He's doing the same thing. And you got this cute couple, Aquila and Priscilla. You guys can't have any more grandkids. If my kids have any more grandkids, my granddaughter should be named Aquila. I mean, my grandson should be named Aquila. And he should marry Priscilla. I just throw that out there for future reference. Praise the Lord. But they were strong enough. And they take Apollos aside. John goes, I'm glad I'm done. Yes. Yes. Amen. Now watch, watch. Paul said, did you receive all that is yours when, you're believe, when you believe? His concern, his concern was they were living with less than what, theirs, what was theirs in Christ. 
Paul wasn't content to walk by and let them live with less than the fullness of the promise. He wasn't content to walk by and just say, hey guys, that's awesome what you're doing. He goes, wait a minute, have you received all that is yours in Christ? Amen. That they had received the less, yet they had, yet thinking they had it all. Because as of yet, they were without the promise of the Spirit in their lives. Now I want you quickly just to take this walk with me through the Bible. To stay with me. Because this morning I felt like this is some clarity that God gave to us. I'm telling you right now today. If there's ever been a day when God's people. And, and I just referenced a few things. When you look around in our society today. And what's happening in the world today. You must be a people of the Spirit. You must know that you have a relationship with the Spirit. Every doubt, every question needs to be erased concerning your relationship with God the Father through Holy Spirit. Because Jesus says, it is expedient for you that I go away because if I don't go, He won't come. But if I go, the Father will send the promise and He will be with you. And one of the things He will do in your life is He will show you things to come. How many know today people are curious about what's coming? You and I as God's people can be on the inside track. The Holy Spirit can give you insight to the things that are coming. Praise the Lord. In the beginning, Genesis 2-7, our Bible says as I referred earlier that God formed man and breathed into his life and man be into his life and into his nostril, and man became a living soul. In Genesis 2, God formed man, and he breathed life into the man. And in that perfect place, Adam was living in the Spirit, and in fellowship with God in the Spirit. And the Father would come down, and there was no distinction, even to the place that he was in a almost a heaven-like relationship with God. When we get there, how many know that you're going to be clothed with the glory of God? You're not going to wear a suit... You're not going to wear a jacket. You're going to not be dressed like this. You're going to be dressed in the glory of God. Adam was clothed with the glory of God. And when he ate the fruit, all of a sudden he realized the glory is gone. Something is gone and now I'm naked. Now I see myself. And, and, and so a transition took place. But God originally breathed into his life. And they have this fellowship. And they're living with God in and by and through the Spirit. Man's fallen transgression redefined his life in this world and in his relationship with God. But through Christ. Turn with me to Titus chapter 1 in your Bible. Titus chapter 1. Watch this. This is so awesome. Right after 2 Timothy. Titus chapter 1, verse chapter 3. Through Christ Jesus, you and I have been given a new genesis. What does it mean when you come to Christ and you're saved? You have a brand new genesis. Genesis means beginning. God gives you a new beginning. We use the term born again. Alive in Christ. Made new. So God forms us again, and God qualifies us again. God, man is once again qualified for God to breathe into his nostrils the breath of life. Are you with me? And God breathes that life, and we become that living soul. Titus chapter 3 and verse 1, Remind them to be subject to rulers and authority, to obey and to be ready for every good work. Let me just say this. How you deal with authority in the natural determines how much authority you have under God. I'm not going to dwell there, but you need to understand that word. To speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures. None of us was all of that. And I mean all of that by not being any of this. Hello? Sometimes we get saved and we forget what we were. We were, we were right here. Living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But watch it. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He what? Saved us through the washing of what? Regeneration. If you ever have a concordance, get a concordance and look that word up. It means a new genesis in the Greek. A new beginning. Awesome. And renewing of what? 
A renewing of what? The Holy Spirit. So renewing, so you don't renew something unless it needs to be renewed. So man was without the Spirit. When Adam fell, man didn't have the Spirit. From time to time, you read in the Old Testament, and the Spirit of God would come upon a king. He would come upon a prophet. He would come upon a man or a woman for a moment in a space of time. But now, it would just be a momentary anointing. But now, God is renewing the life of God on the inside of us. Praise the Lord. But think about it. So God, watch this. Go with me to John chapter 20. I'm going to cover a few of these and then I'm not going to cover them all. I put them all in your outline for you to study. Please go home and study this. Everybody has opinions, but make your opinion be based on the truth of God's Word. Everybody, I'll just give you one thing. Everybody talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. And there's a whole teaching out there today that you get it when you get saved. If that's true, why didn't these guys get it? How come Paul said, did you get it when you got it? If you didn't get it when you got it, then you ain't got it yet. Are you with me this morning? And you say, Pastor, how can you teach like? Because I pastored a church for six years that thought they got it when they got it, but they didn't get it, so they didn't have it yet. And God sent me there for six years to tell them, you ain't got it. You need to get it. Amen. And after six years, they ran me out of town. Praise the Lord. John chapter 20. Watch this. John chapter 20. Verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father sent me, I also, what? What the word of the Lord tell us today? That He was sending us to go and tell them. Verse 22. And when He had said this, He what? He what? Breathed on them and said to them, Receive what? The Holy Spirit. Breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. There He is significantly, the, the significance is that Jesus came to restore. He is the Redeemer and the Restorer of what was lost in the fall. So here, He is, as God breathing again life back into man, receive the life of the Spirit. Now, if this had been it, then it would have been foolish of Him to also give them a command in Luke to go and tarry and wait to receive. Unless this was all of it. Are you with me? Stay with me. This is just good apologetics this morning. And so he walks him through. And then he says this, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. What a powerful commission upon our life to go and forgive sin. Next time, instead of telling somebody they're a sinner, why don't you just tell them they're forgiven? Jesus said, go up and say, Hey, I forgive you. Just, go, just start going, Hey, I forgive your sins. How do you get to do that? I've been breathed upon and I've been sent to tell you. Your sins are forgiven. Amen. I guarantee you'll get a different response and saying, dude, you're a sinner. I don't know about you. I knew that before anybody told me. Can I get a witness this morning? I didn't need any help. Hallelujah. So now watch. So God breathes a second time his life into man through Christ. So man, once again, can become this living soul. But just life was not enough. He also gave the promise of more. Luke 24, 49. But you, now, later, just before he ascended, he's been with them. He was seen of them for 40 days. Now, just before, 10 days before the day of Pentecost, he's going to ascend. And he says, wait, now you go and tarry in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. Amen. And so they go. So he told them to wait for it. Everybody say it. It being the promise. Praise the Lord. So Jesus confirms there the prophecy of John the Baptist. When he declared it. That he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And with fire. Now all of his disciples had received Christ as their Savior. They've confessed Him as their Savior. If you would, they've all been baptized. And, and, and they're all alive in God. He's breathed life into them. But now, 
They're about to experience this baptism that John prophesied. And then on the day of Pentecost, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, it happens. And we're going to take a quick walk through the book of Acts in about the next seven minutes here, so stay with me. On the day of Pentecost, Peter stands up and beginning in verse 16, watch with me. The Holy Spirit floods into the room. They're waiting. They're obeying Him. They're waiting. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Holy Spirit comes into that room. God pours out His promise. He fulfills Joel chapter 2. And the Spirit of God comes upon them, not in them. Everybody say, not in them. The Holy Spirit did not come in them, but He came upon them. God's life was already in them. Now His anointing and His power is being poured out upon them. And it fell on all of them. It wasn't just on this special person and that special person. It wasn't on this person that had the gift and that person that had the gift. But you don't have the gift and you don't have the gift. All of them got it. And, they, and the Bible says, and they were all filled. And they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit. Everybody say the Spirit. As the Spirit gave them utterance. And people outside, and they weren't just quietly praying. People today, the devil can sound real religious in order to kill what God wants to do in your life. People come into church. How come everybody in church is praying in tongues? First of all, because we're praying in tongues and we are not talking to you. And so when I talk to you, I'll be very careful to speak in a language that you and I can converse in equally. But when I'm talking to God, if you are listening to me, you are an eavesdropper. How come you're not talking to God? In whatever language you want, I choose to let my spirit pray. I choose to let my understanding be unfruitful and allow my spirit to pray. I can at this moment, I could excuse myself from you. And I could, but I'm not talking to you. Now we're conversing, so I am back in English. Stay with me. But the church will say, wait, 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 wait. no tongues unless somebody interprets. It's not to be interpreted unless it is to you. We don't mind when people pray in English because we love being gossips and busybodies. So if we hear them pray in English, we can hear them pray their problem. And then after we leave the prayer meeting, we can go say, do you know what so-and-so is dealing with? I heard them praying. And they're dealing with some hard things. Don't shout me down. Stay with me. And so they're praying. In verse 16, everybody goes, what is this? How is it? And, and people of all these different languages are going, oh, we hear them speaking the wonderful works of God. How can this happen? These are just Galileans. And then Peter stands up in verse 16 and he said, But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it will come to pass in the last day, saith God. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see vision. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my maid servants and my man servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Hallelujah! So, it happened. The Spirit now comes upon them. And the disciples receive the promise and tell everyone else that it is theirs as well. So Peter gets up, he's explaining, and then you get over. Look at me at verse 37, chapter 2, verse 37. Peter preaches his whole message. He gets to verse 37, and it says, And now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repeat after me. Peter said, Thomas, come to the keyboard. Everybody bow your heads. If you're here today and you're not right with God, raise your hand. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. Now, repeat after me. He didn't say that. He said, uh, they said, what shall we do? He said, uh, 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 repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. Are you with me this morning? Now, we will still have Bill come to the keyboard. We will still ask you to bow your head and raise your hand. And we will still lead you in an introductory prayer to the Lord. But you will still have to repent and be baptized. That does not remove you from repentance and the command of the Lord Jesus Christ to be baptized. Are you with me this morning? 
And so he says, repent. Now watch, repent and be baptized. Why? For the remission of sins. Wow. For the remission of sins. And then what? And you shall receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. And so on that day, the reference is that 3,000 souls came to Christ. And not only did they come to Christ, not only were they baptized, but the reference is, the inference is, if you would, that they also received the promise. So 3,000 people weren't just saved, but they became spirit-filled believers. Anoint, they received the promise of God. Just like we read with the Apostle Paul and those 12 that were there. Just as like what happened on the day for, for the 120 in the upper room. Follow with me a little bit further. So they begin that this church, this church begins to walk in the power of the promise, making no small stir. If you go on and read Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 3 begins with Peter and John going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, seeing the lame man there saying, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And then when they get in there and everybody's looking at them, he, he, Peter goes, hey, 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 why are you looking so intently on us as though we by our own might or power have done this miracle? But be it known unto you today that this has been done in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified and God has raised from the dead and He is confirming here today that He is a risen Lord and Savior. But it's by the power and by the the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And then they go on, they're doing other things. And then they get called in. And the religious people say, hey, you're really making our church crazy. And so what we would like you to do is stop this Jesus stuff and stop this lame walking stuff. Stop this crazy tongue stuff. It's very embarrassing when our dignitaries come in and we invite our friends to church and you guys are all doing the stuff. <laughs> Amen. And Peter says, well, well, I think I'm about to get kicked out of church. Because he says, he says, hey, Whatever. You decide whether we should obey man or God. But for us, we cannot but speak. And they go, okay, uh, these are stupid and unlearned men. But they've been with Jesus. And so then they go back, but you get to Acts chapter 4. And then they go back and they go, they get together. And they have a Sunday night prayer meeting like we're going to have tonight. And they all get together. And they go, Lord, listen to their threat. Listen to what they're telling us not to do. God, we're not going to shut up. We're not going to let up. God, come on, pour out your spirit. And they begin to pray. And God floods that place. And now watch, watch, watch. And God floods that place. And the Bible says that they were all filled again. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And God shakes that place. And, ah! and they're all filled. And then they go out and they speak the word of God with boldness. And many are, multitudes are brought into the kingdom. And by the time you get to Acts chapter 6, the church has gone from about 3,000 believers to about 20,000 believers. And what's happening here today, if we ever once again get filled with the Spirit, the Word of the Lord that God gave us this morning during prayer, that there are those who are there that go out that need to hear, go and tell them God has prepared their heart, we will once again have the boldness not to back up, but we'll sense that stirring, and we'll go, you know what, I don't understand this, I don't know why it happened, but when I locked eyes with you, I'm supposed to tell you God loves you, He's forgiven you, God wants to heal you, He wants to restore you, He wants to fix everything that's broken in your life. I hope that bears witness with you. Amen. And you will have been a witness for the Lord. Amen. And so the people were living beyond the normal of their day. God's spirit and power was with them, in them, and upon them, just as Jesus has promised. Then they are able to identify Men in their midst that are full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. Go with me to Acts chapter 6. Are you still with me this morning? Yeah. Acts chapter 6, watch this. <coughs> now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint 
against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution of the food. Okay, it was in the first church. Don't get upset because there's some contention in your church. And if we have to set people over to come around and get upside you and tell you to shut up and quit acting ugly. Church would be great if people would treat people nicer in church. Thank you for that, amen. What was happening here? They were arguing against one another. God is moving by His Spirit. Miracles are happening all over the place. And they're going, I didn't get enough food today. She got more food than I did. How come she gets more food than I get? I should have got more food. There, everything should be equal. This church just doesn't have any love, doesn't care about anybody. Right there in your Bible. And Peter goes, I'm a man of faith and power. I ain't got that much faith or that much power. He says, you get six men <laughs> full of faith in the Holy Ghost, and we will bless them and anoint them and say, sick them. And that's what they did. He said, you get six men full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost, that we may appoint over this matter, because I am not going there. And they call them together. And, and they choose it. Now, then they choose Stephen, a man, of, a man amongst them. Now, they, they, didn't, they, didn't say, they didn't say one of the apostles. The apostle said, we are not going there. We are not going there. We're going to give ourselves to prayer and to fasting and to the preaching of the word. I'm not going to get, some of you get upset because I don't go there everywhere with you. I'm not called to go there. I don't want to go there. It scares me there. I just go, what? And so Peter said, we get some guys that can do some miracles. And so Stephen gets up. I'll get faith for this. But, but Stephen did signs and miracles amongst the people. And, and if we go on a little bit further, you can find Philip is so full of the Holy Ghost that he believes when the dispersion comes, he can go down to a city and preach the whole gospel to a city. And when he goes to Samaria, he preaches the gospel and God confirms it with signs, wonders, and miracles. And the whole city gets saved. So by the power of the Holy I'm telling you, we just need to be filled with the Spirit again. We need to be filled and ever be being filled. So they identify these men who walked in the power of the Spirit. Hear me this morning. At every turn, persecution from the religious crowd arises and tries to stop them from living in the truth. And to make them return and settle for the lie of less. Religion never has liked the power of the Holy Spirit. Never has, never will. Always will try to quiet it down. And the more man gets in control, the more man wants to run anything, the more man wants to organize everything, the less you will have of the demonstration of God. But let me say this today, this morning, and just as the, we're moving into a new season. And let me just bring a point of clarity. The Holy Ghost doesn't need your help in manifestations. The Holy Spirit does not need our help in manifestation. There's a whole lot of stupid religious Religious, not spiritual. That stuff that goes on when God begins to move. I'm telling you right now as your pastor, if you get in the flesh, don't get upset if I check you. Because I want what God wants. I want the real deal. And I found out in 33 years, God doesn't need my help to manifest His power. Amen. My wife got mad at me. We were preaching in Sweden. And we're at a meeting. And this lady comes up there for prayer. And I mean the power of God moving. God is legitimately ministering to people. And this lady comes up. And as I step over to pray for her, she turns behind to see if anybody's behind her. She was getting ready to give a courtesy fall. And so she didn't see me. But while she turned, turned around, I'm, I'm motioning to the guy behind her. I said, get out of the way. And I let her have a courtesy fall right down on the floor. I will show you the same courtesy in this house. If you bring a courtesy manifestation to the power of God, I will let God knock you on your hiney. The amen goes right there. I said, Pastor, why are you so fired up? I can't help it. The 
because, hear me, church, I believe that word that God gave also, that we can have a day of visitation. I stood there and wrestled with giving that word this morning. I said, God, this is what I want. I don't want to prophesy what I want. I want to prophesy what you want. God said we could have a day of visitation of His power. I want that visitation, and I want it in purity. Stay with me for these next couple moments. Every turn. Hear me. Why does that happen? Because man still wants to be his own God. In the church, we want to be God and call it God. We want to do stuff and call it God's stuff. And God said, if you get out of the way, I'll do the real stuff. And you don't have to call it nothing. People who don't know me will come in and say I'm in your midst. That's what 1 Corinthians 14 said. When you get it right in the spirit, the unbeliever will come in and say, God's here. That's what we're after. Are you with me this morning? Praise the Lord. Now watch. Philip goes to Samaria and preaches the gospel. And I just want to lay this out quickly. In the power to them. They repent, they believe, and are baptized in water for remission of sins in Jesus' name. But Acts 16 says this, But as of yet, the original King James, as of yet the Holy Spirit had not fallen upon any of them. So they repent. They're baptized in the name of Jesus. They're believers. They are born again. Are you with me? But as of yet they have not received the promise or the outpoint of the Holy Spirit upon their life which is what Jesus told the disciples to tarry for and so it says if you go so Peter and John were sent that they might receive the promise as well and verse chapter verse 14 through 17 you can read it and it says they coming up that they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit now here in Acts chapter 8 it does not say There is not a reference that they spoke with tongue. But if you read verse 18, it says, Simon, the sorcerer who got saved, saw this, and his request to them is this, Give me this power that on whoever I lay my hands on, they will receive the Holy Spirit as well. So how many know that if you're a sorcerer and you can do tricks, and prior to Stephen coming... That you did stuff that people thought you were the power of God. And now this guy shows up and he strips you of all your power. He reveals the counterfeit that you have put before the people. He displays the real power of God. And now you see people being filled with the Holy Spirit. There had to be a sign. There had to be a manifestation. And I submit to you, just because it isn't written there, if you follow the whole process as we're doing here, that everybody they laid their hands upon began to speak in other tongues and prophesy and Simon going that is awesome I want the power to do that and he gets rebuked by Peter for having the wrong motive in his request and he's told to repent lest God judges him and I need you to hear this this morning when you want to move in the things of God and you get moving in the things of the spirit you better make sure it's not for self promotion you better make sure the spirit of Simon the sorcerer isn't upon you just so people can think you're some great spiritual power but you're walking in purity and holiness and humility before God because Peter's word to Simon was not a casual word are you with me this morning Say, Pastor, what are you trying to do? I'm trying to tell you I want God to move. I want God to come. And God's going to flood this place. But we're going to have the authority of God in the house. Somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I I I told it to our men in prayer before service this morning. This is what I don't want. I don't want anybody falling dead messing with God. You think Ananias and Sapphira won't happen or hasn't happened till then? You need to read a little bit about church history. When you come in and lie to the Holy Spirit or grieve the Holy Spirit, my Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that Paul actually wrote to the church there and said, Hey, you better discern how you act in the house of God and how you show respect to the body of Christ because you don't discern the Lord's body and you don't have proper respect for the Lord's body. Many of you are sick and weak and are dying prematurely. Put that verse on your refrigerator. Amen? Hallelujah. Some people say, Pastor, why does God use you? Because He needs a fool like me to do what He wants to do. Are you with me? Amen. Are you with me? 
Praise the Lord. Now watch. A short time later. So, so Peter and John are sent that they might receive. A short time later, Saul is confronted and converted by the Lord. Go with me to Acts chapter 9. I know I took longer than seven minutes. I'm going as fast as I can. Acts chapter 9. Paul has his Damascus Road experience. Watch this. Verse 10. Now there was a certain man, Paul... He's confronted by the Lord, converted by the Lord, and now he's blind. He's waiting for a man named Ananias to come and pray for him to receive his sight and be filled with the Spirit. Verse 10. Now there was a certain man, certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here am I, Lord. So the Lord said, Arise and go into a street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying in a vision. He has seen a man named Ananias coming to him, putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Ananias answered said, Lord, I know who this is. I'm not going. And the Lord continued talking. But the Lord said, Go, what? Verse 15, For he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Verse 17, Ananias went his way, entered the house, laying his hands on him. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me to you that you might receive your sight and what? And be filled with the Holy Spirit. So here Paul, he's been converted. He's fasting. He's praying. And he's waiting on the Lord. And then Ananias shows up. Now that you're saved and now that you're converted, God wants you filled because He's going to send you. And you're going to need more than your own power and your own strength. You're going forth in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. Amen. So he has that encounter with there. And filled, but after he believed. Peter at Cornelius' house declares that they have received the Holy Spirit. And as he's preaching, you have the whole account. He's preaching. God sends him there. And then to prove to him, to prove to Peter that God, this salvation is also available to the Gentiles. While Peter is preaching, the Holy Spirit falls upon them. And they receive the Holy Ghost just like they got it. I mean, Peter standing there preaching and they get a Pentecost. While he's preaching, they're all, they're just going off and prophesying. Peter going, whoa, I perceive that God has accepted the Gentile. And then he, com- then he commands them to be baptized in water. Didn't suggest. Peter commanded them to be baptized. See, today we view all these things with God as, 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 you know, I can take, it doesn't really matter if I get baptized. Oh, contraire. Peter commanded them to be baptized. When we get back to walking in obedience to God's word, great things begin to happen. And so he said, and then when Peter goes back to Jerusalem, his defense is this. Acts chapter 11, verses 12 through 17, you can read it. He defends his baptizing them and it, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he goes, hey guys, the Holy Spirit fell on them just like on us. What does that mean, just like on us? It means that they were all filled and they all began to speak with the other tongue. You know the number one thing the devil has tried to rip you off from is being able to pray in the Spirit. He doesn't care if you pray in your strength. He doesn't care if you pray in your understanding. Because you are a finite being. You can't can't even see into 15 minutes from now. But by your spirit, you can pray the perfect will of God. You can, Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he that prays in an unknown tongue, prays in the Spirit. Howbeit in the Spirit, he speaks mystery, unrevealed things yet unto God. Woohoo! Now, if you choose to stay in your understanding, go ahead. Amen. This is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Everything in God is whosoever will. I'm just, I don't know about you, was anybody a crazy sinner like me before you got saved? Somebody can, watch watch this, watch this. Here's how almost crazy some of you and I were. Do you know that just this last week, we just had a young teenage boy die in Pollock Pines from acid. Took a hit of acid that was way too strong and he died. 
But I'm sure it was a friend who said, hey, let's trip together. Here, try this. I don't know about you. There are things I did before I got saved. The, the, the first time, I, I, I almost killed my brother. Because I said, try this. And it was the first time that I had ever smoked a joint that was laced with crystal meth. And I have a much higher tolerance level than my brother does. Your metabolism and somebody else's metabolism is different. So I was just like whacked to the max. But my brother took two hits off of that joint. And I spent the next four hours holding him in a living room where he almost OD'd. In convulsions and shaking. I almost killed my brother. Because I said try this. And he did and inhaled it. I'm just saying that. You were willing to try some things. And to indulge in some things. And you were crazy like me. But now that you've come into the house of God. You're too dignified to try God. Your friend said, hey, try this. Poke a hole in the bottom of the beer can and put it on your mouth and pop the top. <laughs> and it's by the grace of God you didn't drown. Because the moment you pop that top, that thing evacuates all the way down your throat. Teenagers, do not listen to anything I'm saying right now. Your friend said, drink this, drink this, and drink this. Was anybody stupid enough to raid your parents' liquor counter when you were young and you took the Folgers coffee can and you poured a little bit of this and 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 you had a coffee can full of a suicide mix? In a tin can and the alcohol is eating the tin off the can and you're like... <laughs> I got so drunk one time, I rode home in the front of a car like this. Upside down, my head under the thing, my feet over the back. I can't look at the road. And you wonder why I'm like this for the Lord. All I mean by that is this. Is that if you let the devil get you too dignified. And you're saying, to, well gee, I don't, I don't want to speak in tongues. What will I sound like? Did you ever hear yourself drunk? <laughs> Did you ever listen to yourself when you were stoned? Did you ever listen when you were out of your mind? And you had no problem being out of your mind. You go, hey, let's go get drunk and be somebody. People say, hey, I, I'm outside myself. I just found out, my, my wife thought I was still doing drugs when we got saved. I found out, man, I can be like this and I don't have to ingest anything but God. I can be crazy for the Lord. Amen. Every now and then I get in my truck and sit upside down. <laughs> just because I can. Apollos is filled with the Spirit after only knowing the baptism of John. Acts chapter 18. Quill and Priscilla. Apollos comes in preaching. A great Spirit on him. The Bible says they take him aside and they expound the Word of God to him more fully. So worship team comes back quickly. Hurry, you're using up all my minutes. All joking aside. And I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm saying that because there's so much that we would do in the world under the influence of Satan. And that in a moment, I, I don't know how I survived except by the grace of God. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying any of this. It's a miracle of God. I was in 14 car wrecks before I got saved. 14 automobile accidents. Driving to school on junior and high school. Driving to school one morning. 
Lady pulls out on a stop sign. I broadside her. I had a little Volkswagen. I broadside her. I go through the windshield. I had 280 stitches across my forehead. I almost bled to death. God spared my life. After that, another thing, just about a year later, I'm in a car with a friend. My friend comes out to take me to a party. He's driving crazy. I said, Jimmy, if you wreck this car, I'm going to beat the snot out of you. Oh, it's cool, man. We go around one turn. He wrecks. We roll down a hill. I land on top. I beat the snot out of him. Amen. But I agreed to get in the car that, with the guy that was already loaded in stone. I entrusted my life to somebody intoxicated and stoned. And I didn't hesitate. You have an invitation from a holy God to trust your life to Him. To open up and say, God, I'm just telling you, I've tried God. We tried things and we would say, this is good, try this. I'm just telling you, I've tried God. Since December 13th, 1978, I've been trying God. And it is good. And He is not going to give you something evil. And I only have one question for you this morning. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Are you filled with the Spirit? Or did you stop at, I got it. But you have no evidence of receiving anything. Yeah, but I've been taught, I, I don't care. I really don't. I only care what God's Word says. And God's Word says, and, and let me just give you a very clear point of clarification. here. This is so important. If anybody takes you to the book of 1 Corinthians to talk to you about being filled with the Spirit, I'm going to say this as politely as I can, they are stupid. Because Paul is writing to a church that is already filled with the Spirit on how to act and properly conduct themselves and bringing them back into order. He's not telling them, giving them an excuse not to be filled. And he's not telling them that love is a better way than being filled with the Spirit. He's, not, he's saying, seek spiritual gifts. Desire to speak with the other tongue. Don't forbid speaking with tongue, but let everything be done decently and in order. Bring order back into the move of the Spirit. He says, you come behind in no spiritual gift, but you are carnal and you are mixing the flesh with the Spirit. Knock it off. Get back in in line with God and do things right. The only book you can go to to find out how to be filled with the Spirit is the book of Acts. And we read every account to you this morning. And in every account there was an evidence that they received. And in almost every account it was subsequent to them being born again. Or having the life of God inside of them. It was the Spirit of God coming upon them. So like Paul, my question to you today. Have you received the Spirit since you believe? Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? I said earlier, you're going to have an encounter with God. And right now this morning, if you're here, Friday the Spirit of God told me to preach this message. To preach it with everything I have. And I've tried to do that. Please forgive me for going too far in one way or the other. But this morning, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? We're just going to take a few more moments in worship. We'll ask our leaders to come and hear. But if you have never been filled with the Spirit, if you need to be refilled, what do you mean by refilled? Paul said, ever be being filled. It means there's people, well, I used to pray in tongues. I just haven't prayed in tongues for like three years or something like that, whatever. I just kind of, you know, I, I felt uncomfortable. The devil's lied to you, made you uncomfortable about flowing in the things of God for whatever reason. If you're here today and you have never received, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? Move out of where you are right now and come here. If you need that infilling, if you need to be that recharged, then you come right now. We're going to pray with you this morning. As they begin to lead us in worship in just a moment. But I, let's pray this prayer real quick. Everybody pray this prayer. Father, I thank you today for your gift and your grace of life in my life. Today, I confess my sin to you. I ask for your forgiveness. I come in a spirit of repentance. And I receive the shed blood 
of Your Son for my sins. Jesus, I confess You today as my Lord and as my Savior. And I choose from this day forward to follow You, to live for You all the days of my life. Now, Jesus, I receive You as my baptizer. Baptize me today with the Holy Ghost. I believe when hands are laid upon me, I'll receive Your promise of the Spirit upon my life. I'll begin to pray as the Spirit gives me utterance. In Jesus' name, Amen.